Have you ever wished you had been taught how to study the Bible in depth? Because that is exactly what our partners, Chasing Sacred, are all about. Creating resources for studying the Bible that meet practical needs while also maintaining strong biblical literacy. The way they structure their studies are so purposeful, and they help readers understand the historical and cultural context, which is so important. They actually just came out with a new study on the book of Ephesians. You do not want to miss it. Just don't forget to put code abiding free for a 20% discount on any of their products. Click their link in our show notes and learn more about them at chasingsacred.com. Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom. Freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. friends. Welcome back to the Abiding Free podcast. This is Kristen, and you hopefully know by now that we are in a six-week series on the life of Jesus. And one thing I wanted to talk about today is something that has been very um, on my heart, dear to my heart, and on my heart, and something I have personally struggled with and I know is a very um, popular topic right now in the church, in our world, and it's doubt. It's doubt in our faith, doubt in our walk with God and our relationship with Jesus. You know, it's like these questions that just creep in. Is God really real? Was Jesus really the son of God? Is heaven real? I mean, I've struggled with all of this. And, you know, I want to say that, as I mentioned, even though doubt, it's been a right a very popular topic in the last, you know, handful of years, you know, particularly with this whole notion of deconstruction. Um, the, the question is, is doubt among people growing or has it always been there a lot and yet really hasn't been talked about? Maybe both, right? Because there's been a shame associated with having doubts. And, you know, I've talked with a lot of people who have deconstructed their faith. And one of their complaints is that it is not talked about enough in the church or they have been, you know, they've been shamed in their doubts. And I think we would probably all would agree that this is something that has happened, whether or not we've, you know, personally experienced it. But I think the problem becomes when we transfer, you know, these failings of others or the church onto Jesus and then completely unravel on our faith. And I want to look to my Savior. I want to look to the lover of my soul, Jesus. Like, what does he think when I'm doubting, when I have doubts? And so we're going to go directly to the source of source of truth today, the Bible, and ask those questions. 
you know, again, what did Jesus think of our doubts? What should we do with our doubts? And I don't know about you, but I have like this mixed relationship with my own doubts. You know, sometimes I'm healthy in it. I embrace them and acknowledge that everyone has them at times. I'm human. My faith is imperfect. But honestly, sometimes I feel so discouraged and fearful and it can be hard to talk about. It's a terrible thought, right? To doubt God is not real, that, that the Bible and the life of Jesus is made up. Paul, I love what Paul says. He says this so well. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. I mean, to me, that's the crux of it, right? What hope do we have if it's not real? And that's really like, that's right. That's the fear that comes in for me, at least, is just, oh my gosh, like if it's not real, like what do I what do I have to truly to live for? Number one, um, this is the first point though that I want to make today about what can we learn about this doubt and through the life of through particularly the life of Jesus. The first point today is Jesus responds compassionately to doubt. We're going to go um, talk about a story in Mark 9 that may be familiar, but it's basically this man. He comes to Jesus, right? Okay, he comes to Jesus with his son who's possessed by a demon. I mean, and it's quite a scene. This boy is foaming at the mouth. He's rolling on the ground. And the father says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says, said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And then the father says such a beautiful statement, I think, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And then what does Jesus do? He drives out the demon. And so I know this is a familiar story, but I've looked at it with fresh eyes um, recently. And there are a few things I want to point out. The irony in the story, right, is that the man did have faith. He had both faith and doubt. And I want to say to you right now, if you have doubt, you have faith. I'm not, and I'm not talking about people who are, you know, declared atheists and flat out disbelieve the whole story, but I think our wrestling in our doubt sheds light on our faith. That wrestling, that that uncomfortable feeling is because we want faith, we have faith, and it can kind of contradict the doubt, right? So that's where the uncomfortable feeling comes in. It's actually from our faith. Um, I love this man, you know, he brings his son to Jesus and Jesus is saying to him, you know, if you believe anything is possible, because on other occasions, Jesus links faith to healing. And we see the compassion that Jesus has for this man and his doubt by doing what he had previously says. He's, he says in other passages of scripture that what only faith could do, and that was actually the healing work. So I love this. I mean, isn't this just beautiful? It's actually acknowledging our weakness, inadequacies in our doubts that allows Jesus to work powerfully. It says that Jesus's power is perfected in weakness. Paul tells us that his power is perfected in our weakness because he is compassionate. So again, Jesus responds compassionately to doubt. Even when others might not, Jesus does, and he wants us to be open about these doubts. And then my number two point today is that Jesus doesn't want us to stay in our doubt. And this is really important, you guys, because I think even with number one, I think we, it's a beautiful thing. The church is really growing this. There's a lot of conversation surrounding doubt. We are learning to be more compassionate toward one, one another when we're struggling in our walk and, you know, having these doubts. 
but Jesus actually, he's compassionate, but he doesn't want us to stay in our doubt. Right. I think we also need to be careful, you know, that right now we're not just praising people for being open about doubting. And we don't want to communicate that doubt is a good thing in and of itself. The admission of having it is good. That's what we're talking about. But honestly, doubt itself is something that we can see here that Jesus wants us to grow from into a deeper faith. Over and over, he tells people to have faith. Jesus also, he rebukes his disciples at times for having little faith. And the encouragement here, right, is that whatever Jesus commands us to do, he has given us his spirit to do within us. You know, sometimes I just like, sometimes I just have to remind myself, Jesus wants me to grow in my faith. Jesus doesn't want me to doubt, right? Jesus wants my faith to grow and my doubts to lessen. So I want to talk to him about that. He doesn't want me to stay here. Praise God for that, right? Praise God that our faith can grow. And the third point today is that Jesus teaches us to rethink some of our doubt. What do I mean by that? Okay. So a great story I think that illustrates this is in Matthew 17, and it's actually the same. um, It's following the same story, I believe, of the boy, you know, where the demon was taken out of him um, from this, you know, this father saying, help me overcome my unbelief. But in Matthew 17, he, Jesus continues on to talk to his disciples um, because the disciples tried to take out this demon from this little boy and they couldn't. And they're like, why? Like, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus tells them, well, it's because of your little faith. But he goes on to say, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Goodness, how amazing is that? Jesus is saying, even a little faith can do great things. Let's take what little faith we have today and walk in it, right? Sometimes we can focus so much on the doubt we have that we don't walk in the little faith that we do have. I love what David Guzik says um, in Enduring Word, his commentary on, he writes amazing commentary, by the way, I highly recommend it on like the whole Bible. And this is what he said about little faith. Little faith can accomplish great things, but great faith can accomplish even greater things. What matters most is what our faith is in, the object of our faith. So I've already said this, but maybe we can allow our doubt to shed light on the faith we do have. I once heard a pastor say, and I can't remember for sure, but I think it was John Piper. So I just want to throw his name in there. But he was talking about like when we're struggling in our faith or struggling to believe that we may go to heaven, struggling to believe that even if we're saved or all of these things. I love what he said, though. He said, just the fact that we are worried or that, you know, that we are worried about those things shows that we have faith and actually most likely shows that we are saved. Like nobody, you just don't see people in scripture who genuinely wanted to have eternal life, know God, or to know God, and we're denied, right? So even if we're worried, you know, like, do I even believe this? Or I'm having all this doubt that really probably the, again, that uncomfortable feeling, the wrestling with it shows that we are his child. It's not sitting right with us. I love that. I love that. Um, and my last point really today to encourage you in, and this is, I think, just the the foundation This is what it all comes down to. And it's this, number four, that Jesus will never let us go in our doubt. 
even when we are feel like even when we feel like we are slipping, Jesus will never let his own go. He says in John 10:28, "I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand." And I love in Romans 8:31 through 39, we are told that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Just take that in. Nothing. So no one, no thing will separate us from God, including our doubt. I love this quote by R.C. Sproul, who said, We are secure, not because we hold tightly to Jesus, but because he holds tightly to us. That quote reminds me that in Romans 12, 3, it says that we are given faith in allotted amounts in various measures. Some of us have crazy strong faith. I mean, I I struggle with that sometimes, you know, like looking at other people, you probably know them too. It's like people who just seem to like never doubt, like they're just like so steadfast in their faith. And gosh, I think of like my mother-in-law, she's this amazing woman of God. And I often go to her when I need prayer because she's just like a warrior in her faith. Like I've literally... I'm sure if I were to ask her, I don't, I haven't actually asked her right out, like, have you ever struggled with doubt? I'm sure she would even say yes. But really, overall, I feel like she's a woman who's been given a, a large and strong measure of faith. And, you know, sometimes I think our doubt can grow when we like compare our faith to somebody else, you know, and we feel inadequate again. And then we just start in the spiral. But I love, again, the reminder of that in Romans 12 3 that each of us have been given an allotted measure of faith. Only Jesus, though, had perfect faith. In this broken world, we will have tribulations, including doubt. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It is a tribulation. It is difficult to have doubt, isn't it? But take heart. Jesus has overcome In closing, again, eternal life through Jesus is not dependent upon the ever-changing waves of circumstances and weak faith. It is dependent upon the finished work of Jesus. And what great news we can rest in today, friend, that no one, no thing, including weak faith and doubts, can snatch his children out of his hands. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you.